Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration, with Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. मैं तेरी गली से गुजरूं तू छत पे कपड़े सुखाए मैं सच्ची मैं तुझको ताड़ूं तू नकली सा शर्माए मैं तेरी गली से गुजरूं तू छत पे कपड़े सुखाए मैं सच्ची मैं तुझको ताड़ूं तू नकली सा शर्माए चलो 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 सनम अजनबी बन जाए चलो 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 सनम अजनबी बन जाए कॉलेज से घर को मैं निकलूं तू स्कूटर के चक्कर लगाए मैं छोटे ही थोड़ा सा जो हंस दूं तेरी लार टपकती जाए चलो 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 सनम अजनबी बन जाए चलो 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 सनम अजनबी बन जाए Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson at the C1250. Very nice to be here this morning. Today is Tuesday, March 15th, 2016. And can you believe a quarter of the year is about to be passed? Um, how did that happen? Um, I hope you all adjusted to the new time and put your clock forward and not backwards on Sunday. It's always hard to lose a, an hour's sleep. Um, I find that it sort of rolls over during the week following and I'm still catching up. And as you can hear from my voice, unfortunately, I'm still not very well, but I'm much better than last week and you can hear me. So that's improvement, I'd say. So if you have any questions today, you're very welcome to call into the studio. The number is 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. I have a lot of news to share today, and um, it's actually pretty important, um, particularly for foreign students and employers who hire foreign students. New rules came into play, and they are final, and they'll be effective from May, and there's a lot to know about it. So I'll be talking a lot about these in a moment. But before I do that, I wanted to make an announcement. Um, you may have heard my dear friend Sridhar Kata on his uh, new show called Deki, Teki Desi. That's T-E-C-R, um, T-E-C-R. 
H I D E S I Teki Desi. He Sridhar and his beautiful wife Sailaja uh, have started a brand new radio show on Saturday mornings at ten o'clock. You must tune in. It's a great time to actually listen to listen to the radio, and I hope you will listen to them. They will have a lot of interesting um, topics to talk about. It's for business professionals and entrepreneurs, and it just so happens that on Saturday, March nineteenth, I will be on their show. So. I hope you will put that on your calendar, spread the word, and also call in if you have any questions. Um, so what other news do I have for you? Reminder that H-1B deadlines are March 31st. And to be honest, if you haven't started it already, hmm, I don't know if you can do anything. Um, but, you know, there's always time to squeeze in an LCA. Uh, but March 31st is the deadline. The window will be open for five days. And uh, this year, I think I'll be using that because we have a lot of cases and um, it's um, starting to be chaos. So um, keep that in mind, that deadlines are coming up. So now to actually really talking about the STEM OPT rule. You may remember that when I first started this show, Immigration with Tamina, last year, the rules were published in, I want to say, October and at that time, the rules were published as drafts, and there was a 60-day comment period. And what happened after that was the government took those comments, considered all of them, in fact, and then published the new rules just this past Friday. These rules are effective as of May 10th. And to remind you about the history of why this happened, um, actually, the rules were published October 19th, as as says the rules right in front of me. Uh, you you may or may or not remember the um, uh, show from uh, last year on this issue. Uh, there was a court case in Washington, D.C. that essentially put a stop to OPTs. Now, anybody who's new to this jargon, uh, OPT stands for opt- op- Optional Practical Training. And what that means is every international student who comes to the U.S. will have 12 months of work experience for any student. But if you are a student in a STEM subject matter, that's science, technology, engineering, and math, up until these new rules, you were allowed to have 17 months um, additional to those uh, tw- 12 months. Uh, these new rules are now extending the time period, and I'll come back to that in a moment So the court case has put a a stop to the 17 months saying that was um, not done with due process. So the Department of Homeland Security had to um, redo the rules. And in fact, the executive action that Obama announced in 2014 did actually include the student rules um, that they were going to do these very things that have come out this past Friday. It's just the court case had um, prompted uh, the issue uh, more urgently. So what are these rules? I'm going to give you a a quick overview in the sense that two things have happened. Number one, the 17 months has now become 24 months, which is a huge relief to many people. When the rules came out uh, that the 17-month program was going to be ending, I had so many questions from students all over the country panicked and worried about what they were going to be doing. A lot of students were either working or they were going to be applying um, for the STEM OPT or they even had their own companies. 
And one of the benefits of having an extended OPT period is that you can apply for H-1B visas during that time. And anybody who is familiar with the H-1B process will know that there is a lottery system, meaning that the demand is so high that the government has to do a random selection of the applications that they receive. And to give you an example, last year the government re- received about 200 and I want to say 55 or 65, it couldn't even be 35, but over 200,000 applications where they only had 65,000 visas for bachelor degree holders and 20,000 for master's degree holders. So if you have a STEM OPT, you get a chance at least two or three times to apply to get into the lottery. So the time period is actually pretty crucial. The second thing that is happening, though, is there are lots of restrictions being put in place uh, for employers who are going to be applying for uh, these students to work for them. And on that note, the government has released um, a brand new website called Study in the U.S., I highly recommend that you go to the website because it has very clearly laid out what you need to do and it's very easy to navigate and easy to read um, and understand, hopefully anyway. But part of the the restrictions are going to be a training program. So let me me, uh, go through the rules. I've printed out the entire 90-page rules out today and I'm just going to go through all the issues I've highlighted for you. So um, the reason that the May 10th is actually the effective date is because the court in D.C. in the case that I had mentioned had stayed uh, the decision until May 10th. And that's why the rule will uh, be effective from that date. Now, number one, I mentioned that the program is being lengthened from 17 months to 24 months. Uh, And it does say that the rule makes F1 students who subsequently enroll in a new academic program and earn another STEM degree will be be eligible for an additional 24 months. So that's quite important. It used to be that you just get one um, set of um, uh, 17 months, but now you can get two sets of 24 months, perhaps even more. um, As time will tell, we'll find out. Uh, the, the, they will be uh, um, essentially extending the types of courses that will fall under the STEM um, program. And the register does update the list of eligible STEM fields. And uh, there is a note that as days go by, it's possible that the government will extend other uh, subject matters onto the STEM fields, and they have left that um, open for them. Uh, there will be a training program uh, for, uh, for people who will be on a STEM OPT, and this is probably one of the biggest changes Training programs are not unusual in an immigration case. It's um, absolutely crucial uh, in an H-3 visa. It's also part of a J-1 program. So the training program is not new, but it had never been used in this OPT um, uh, situation before. So now uh, employers who will hire STEM OPT um, folks will have to implement formal training programs Uh, so that their learning can be uh, monitored. They will have to also, uh, employers will have to safeguard 
U.S. workers. And what does that mean? It means that the rules that will apply to STEM OPT students will have to be commensurate to those who are U.S. workers. And the idea is that U.S. workers will not be displaced uh, and employers have to, in fact, attest that they have sufficient resources and personnel available to provide the training. Now, I do think that while on the one hand they are giving 24 months, there really is a very high burden on uh, employing these students. And it's going to take um, quite some time for employers to implement them. I do think that perhaps with the first student it, it may take some time, but if you apply, if you continuously hire students, um, after you've done the first one, hopefully it will not be uh, as bad as uh, the following ones. So a part of the attestation will be that you have to provide, you have sufficient resources for the training, and you will not be replacing a full or part-time temporary or permanent U.S. worker. The training program will be part of a form, and it will be using a form called Form I-983. Again, the website I mentioned, Study in the USA, will have this information handy for you. Schools and um, employers have to now um, report. Uh, be uh, school. Accre- the heading is school accreditation, employer site visits, and employer reporting. So there will be site visits at um, at the employer's workplace. Uh, generally, it sounds like they will be announced. But if there is a complaint against an employer, there could be unannounced visits. Employers have to report to uh, the schools as well on um, progress. Uh, It is interesting that uh, STEM uh, programs that will qualify uh, for the OPT will only c- can only come from accredited schools. So if you're from a school that is not accredited, uh, you will not be eligible for the 24 months. Uh, the Interestingly enough, the previous rules allowed 90 days of unemployment in the aggregate, meaning that you can have 90 days in total of unemployment throughout the 24 months. Um, And these new rules actually retain that, that you can still have 90 days of unemployment. Um, You can also have 60 days after... um, Uh, 60 days after a 24-month period of grace period. Now, the other important thing is all employers will have to be part of the E-Verify program. And if a student has left the work, they will have to, the employer will have to report that within five business days to the school. Um, So uh, that rule actually has not changed. Cap gap extension, what does that mean? It means that if you are on an OPT and your OPT expires, let's say June, uh, and you've applied for an H-1B in April because that's the first time and perhaps the only time you can apply for an H-1B, and the H-1B, you've been selected in the lottery and, um, well, you don't have to be selected in the lottery. The fact that you've applied for the H-1B will allow you to be in the U.S. on the OPT for as long as that H-1B is being adjudicated. And if you have been selected and approved, then that OPT will go until September 31st so that you can smoothly transition into H-1B status 
October 1. Um, interestingly enough, um, the focus of this entire uh, 90 pages uh, really is the, the, the training program. And as I mentioned, training programs are not new. Uh, it, it has been done in H3 visas and J1s, and the rule uh, does go on to talk about what will happen. Uh, the rules say employers of STEM OPT students will incur burdens for preparing the training program with students, confirming students' evaluations, enrolling in, if not already enrolled, and using e-verify to verify employment el eligibility for all new hires. So if you do enroll in e-verify because you're going to hire an OPT student, that e-verify doesn't only apply to the student, it's going to apply to all your hires. So you're going to have some fundamental changes, um, which is all very, very interesting. So I'm, I'm actually quite interested in seeing what, how these rules play out. Um, one of my um, passions, as you know, is to help entrepreneurs, and it's um, these rules are frequently used by entrepreneurs to start their own companies. Now, what's interesting in these new rules is that the employer has to s attest that they are employing people. Um, and it means that if you had your own company, you cannot actually do those attestations about displacing a U.S. worker and having the resources to train by yourself. So it's suddenly going to be rather interesting to see how entrepreneurs are going to be affected by these rules. Volunteering is not allowed on uh, with these new in, on this new program. There has to be an employer employee relationship as well. So what does that mean? In the past and there has been written guidance from the uh, Department of State, and I can envision this document in front of me, I can't remember the name of it, uh, in which it talks about when OPT students can be paid, need to be paid, what kind of work they need to do, and so forth. And in that document, it did say that um, students could work for no pay, but these new rules are making it an absolute requirement that students are paid. So volunteering is completely unacceptable at this point. And there must be an employer-employee relationship. So the rules do say, finally, and I'm reading from page, um, let's see, 13079. DHS clarifies that under this final rule, students may seek practical training opportunities with startup businesses. So long as the requ regulatory requirements are met, such students may not provide employer attestations on their behalf. Um, now, that tells me that if I were a student with my own startup company, I would not be able to sign these attestations on my own. Now, this takes us back to how a self-employed H-1B is operated. And you typically need to have a board of director if you are uh, a sole um, startup founder. But if you have co-founders, maybe they can sign it. So these new rules are not preventing you from having your own startup. It's just that the requirements are rather restrictive 
and you're going to have to almost treat it like a self-employed H-1B. So very interesting. At some point in the future, I will be expanding on this. The the number for the studio is 844-301-1250, 844-301-1250 if you have questions. But please keep an eye out on my blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. As soon as the H-1B season is over, I'll be writing about this extensively, but particularly about startup folks. Um, It is a, a very high percentage of my clientele who are... Students with their startup um, startups who are going to be transitioning into H-1Bs, and this is going to affect them for sure. Uh, so if you are a student at a university and you want to talk about this, contact me. I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, I'd be even happy to come and talk to you as a group uh, of founders on what you need to do. And as these rules get implemented, it's very likely that USCIS will um, refine their requirements in what they want to see. If anybody has heard of the show Silicon Valley on HBO, I highly recommend watching that. And I digress a little bit because that movie, it's not a movie, it's a TV series. It's hilarious to start with. But it really defines and describes the startup founder that I work with quite typically. You know, these are people who are, uh, you know, bright and intelligent and very much focused on a particular product or um, on their startup. But what is needed for a company is often not something that they even think about, had never thought about, and it's hard to comprehend. And the, the TV show Silicon Valley does a great job of showing you what the real world is like. And in fact, I was reading an article that the the TV series um, writers were talking about the background of it at uh, South by Southwest and said they had to keep uh, changing um, their um, scripts because uh, it it was the world of startups keep evolving. And what seems might be a silly thing to write in a, in a script was actually happening in real life. If I encourage you to go and find that South by Southwest article with Googling the keywords Silicon Valley, HBO and South by Southwest movie writers, and you'll find that this article talks about that. Uh, going back to the STEM rules, um, you can have two employees at the st- same time doing the STEM OPT extension. Uh, Another key is that you must be working at least 20 hours a week. Uh, So let's see what else I must tell you, because we're running out of time. It's funny how time runs out. Um, I've talked about E-Verify. I've talked about the STEM OPT. Um, In essence, these rules will be going into effect on March um, May 10th. And what's interesting is the website that I mentioned, there's a transition period and the government is absolutely prepared to deal with these transitions. In terms of procedures, the government will treat all applications that are pending based on the new rules. And the, the Federal Register final rules do say that after March, I'm sorry, May 10th, uh, the government will be issuing RFEs. Uh, just to ensure that the new rules are being complied with. So if you are a student and you are um, 
you aware of these you should start preparing your training program with your employer if you have an employer and if you don't have an employer you really need to make sure that these rules are understood by the employer very very well they do need to be able to prove that they're on e-verified they're establishing and um, new training programs if they don't have any they're mentoring um, students and that's the key here um, so really a lot of changes are happening to students and restrictions are happening but the key is there is more time available and as time goes by while it seems restrictive people will get used to them and that's what happens us lawyers we always get used to these restrictive rules that keep getting into put into place and that's all you can do i will be interested in hearing from people who have successful stem programs uh, so contact us at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com well our time has run out i'm afraid thank you so much for joining us please join us next week we'll have a very interesting guest talking about p visas p3 visas um it will be katrina dance she has a dance studio and we can't wait to talk to her um thank you for joining us at immigration with tamina on desi 1250 and we will see you here next Tuesday, 10 a.m. sharp. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.